You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Oh, brother, Texans lose a devastating game, 32-30 on a last-second field goal to the Eagles, and boy, it was worst-case scenario. And when I say worst-case scenario, everything that could have gone wrong this week pretty much did. We're going to talk about all of that in just a bit. We're going to break this game down as well, like we always do uh, after every Texans game. Welcome aboard, everybody. Robert Land from the Houston Sports Talk Podcast along with my co-host Brian Patterson from Fansided's HouseofHouston.com. Thanks for diving into your best daily source of Texans news, views, and interviews. And also joining us on this one is our LockedOnTexans.com correspondent, Joe Esquivel Murphy. And uh, guys, this one, I mean, you couldn't have any worst-case scenario because the Titans keep winning, the Colts keep winning, uh, the Texans also lose some guys because of injuries. The cornerback situation is a mess right now. Uh, Kayvon Webster goes down before he even gets out of the block. Kareem Jackson goes down. Jonathan Joseph is banged up. Uh, Aaron Colvin is sort of finding his way right now. Jonathan Johnson Bottomosi is not all that great. And if the Texans lose next week, if they somehow lose, that's it. They've lost the division. After all of this, after the great run, 10 out of 11, they will have lost the division, guys, because uh, the tiebreaker is owned by both the Colts and the Titans. They're playing each other. One of them will win the game, most likely. I don't think we're going to see a tie, but you never know. It's the AFC South. But, uh, yeah, it, it's not good. Uh, Brian, I mean, what were your first thoughts uh, at the end of this game? I thought I was going to see a Deshaun Watson game-winning drive you know, especially it goes to De- or Deontay Foreman for his first uh, touchdown catch of the season. I mean, just being able to, especially the play where he was able to shake off multiple defenders, a series of spin moves. It was just terrific to see. So, you know, it was like watching Michael Jordan, you know, in his early years, you know, when he finally starts to get it, you know, being able to come through in the clutch. And again, I believe that this whole situation that we were you know in this game was because of Deshaun Watson and uh, you could thank your lucky stars for him because if it wasn't for him if it was uh Brandon Whedon out there or somebody else I don't think anybody else could have done this other than number four yeah Joe Deshaun's the reason why you got a chance with with the Texans and you see why in a game like this the way he performed in the in the final quarter but even with all of that I mean this is golden opportunity it feels like you lost because you had a chance at the two seed that's likely slipped through the fingers of the Texans. Now, unless something really bizarre happens and you know, the Patriots lose to the jets next week and the Texans win. Maybe, maybe I think they can still pick up the two seed. I'm not sure, but it just seemed like everything was right there for you. And you know, you, you, you have that last drive and the Texans could not stop this team all day. It was e- either they turned the ball over. That was the only way they were going to stop them because the Eagles didn't even have to punt the ball in this game. It was either a turnover or a score. It's a missed opportunity because you, you're you now not in the driver's seat to get the number two seed. The Patriots are, you know, now you're going to have to rely on a rookie quarterback and Sam Darnold to kind of do your dirty work for you and get the win. You know, you had an opportunity, yes, against the defending champions, but they were struggling and hurt too. You know, now... He didn't really get a lot of pressure on Nick Foles. He was able to pick apart, you know, a banged up Texan secondary that got even more banged up with Joseph 
getting hurt. You know, Watson kind of carried the team, and, you know, Demarius Thomas now is gone. You know, Vincent Smith had a big catch at the end of the game, you know, the undrafted rookie. But now it's going to be really who's going to be back for the Texans because they don't have a lot of weapons now with, you know, all these injuries coming to them. Yeah, that's a big one. Vincent Smith makes the fantastic catch in the end zone. Deshaun with the incredible throw. And and, and Brian, like you said, Deshaun uh, in that drive with the Houdini escape under pressure. It was just beautiful. I mean, there were, there's some things that you could absolutely like about this game for the Texans uh, on the offensive end when you, you get Demarius Thomas, uh, you lose him. You know, that, that looks like not just a season-ending injury with the uh, with with what happened to him, but it, it looks like it, it's a career-ending end, injury because at his age, trying to recover uh, from an Achilles is going to be really, really, really difficult. But, uh, brother, I don't know. It's Brian, this is uh, – I, I, I'm – at the point where, you know, if the Texans get to the playoffs, should I expect them to do anything? Um, because, you know, now I don't know. They're not stopping anybody right now. And a guy that, you know, we haven't mentioned yet and we haven't mentioned enough recently is J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt, except when he was getting called for a penalty, his name wasn't uh, discussed much in this game. And and he, and he had a bad uh, below, uh, super below par game for JJ uh, last week, he just hasn't looked the same. And I don't know if it's just the fact that, uh, you know, he's tiring out as the year is going along. Um, Maybe they need to get him some rest more during the games. I don't know. But JJ Watt's not having effect on the pass rush. Clowney with an incredible day. He was fantastic, except, of course, the penalties. And we got to get to those in a bit. But Clowney was unbelievable. But yet, uh, you you need JJ Watt on this defense because your your secondary is not good right now, and there's just holes everywhere out there and problems, you know, everywhere you look. And and so with JJ Watt not doing anything, that that's a big deal. There was a play where they made a nice sandwich to try to you know the curtail what Nick Foles was doing. So that is what I remember. I believe that was before the end of the first half. So uh, that was a nice place, a nice play there. But um, you know, talking about uh, JJ, just with the offsides because he's been you know last game he had a neutral zone uh, infarction uh, with his you know with, with him going offsides, and then also with the play where he had the penalty where you know he hit him across the helmet. You know, where it, it was, you know, more of a play where he, I believe it was roughing the passer, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, very uncharacteristic of J.J., but again, uh, thank goodness he's out on the field. But you talk about another guy with an Achilles injury that is trying to make a comeback. And, you know, with with Deontay Foreman, that's who I'm talking about right now. Um I would have to say that his uh, debut, you know, since he had the injury late last season, it was mixed, um, but he was not getting the yards that we were expecting. And again, at this point in the season, at this point in his career, if you can get anything out of him, you know, that's that's just notable uh, within itself. But, you know, he got two yards here. Um, he had some negative yardage there. There was a point where he had more negative yards uh, than positive yards. It canceled it out back to zero, but it was a touchdown that Deshaun Watson was able to engineer late in the game to Deontay Foreman, his first touchdown catch of the season. And I believe that's his second of his career, if I'm not mistaken. And what a way to make a splash uh, in his debut because down the line, we're going to need him. The way I feel about this is that the Texans have been healthy 
pretty primarily through the whole season. And then just in one game, it all came full circle. Guys are going into the blue tent. Hell, Ryan Griffin, uh, with that tackle by by the the guy that got the penalty there, his neck you know sprung like a jack of the box. I mean, necks aren't supposed to do that, so he goes under the blue tent. Who knows if Ryan Griffin's going to be uh, healthy? You know, we may laugh about it, but again, he he is solid on some fronts, you know, with his catches and his blocking. But there's Jordan Thomas, there's Jordan Aikens. Yeah, hold the thought on the Jordans because I, I got a lot to talk about with those guys. But yeah, yeah with uh, let me before you go on, Deontay Foreman, a seven carries, negative one yard. We we told you it's an Achilles injury. Running backs have a difficult time. Anybody has a difficult time coming back from an Achilles, but 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 Achilles, but running backs uh, specifically. So you know, I wasn't expecting a whole lot from him. Uh, but it's now a concern. Lamar Miller, what's 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 the deal with him? Obviously, he didn't play. So the, the Texans with a, a bunch of concerns on the injury front. We we got so much more to talk about. But this is a great time to remind you that uh, hey, even though the season's almost over with, there's still another week of games. There's playoffs, and my bookie is the place to go. Hey, the Texans they were a two point underdog in this one, and the the bookies they they got this one right uh, right on the money. Uh, it was a two-point game. Uh, but if you feel like you can make a little money off the NFL games or even NBA, go to mybookie.ag. Uh, you know the story. Who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. And they've been in business for years. They've got great reviews. Their mobile site's easy to use. We can only recommend a service that's been good to us. That's why we urge you to make your way over there. They have in-game live betting over unders on fantasy points scored. The most rewarding player perks in the business. And if you're willing to deposit after 6 p.m., They'll give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. Join now and MyBookie matches your deposit. Also, dollar for dollar. Use promo code LOCKEDON25 to activate the offer. LOCKEDON25, real easy to remember. And if you wait till 6 p.m., you can get an extra $25 free play by using that promo code. Go ahead, wait till after dinner. Take that extra money. MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. All right, guys, let's get into this a little bit because, uh, you know, we've mentioned the injuries uh, with Kayvon Webster going out early in this game. Uh, you know, I'm just waiting for him to make it through one series with the Texans. Uh, I, I just think of uh, Brian, you'll love this one. I, I, to borrow something from a Christmas story, the sign on the Kayvon box that the Kayvon Webster doll comes in probably says fragile because he is fragile, dude. He's fragile. I wonder if it says batteries not included as well, because my goodness, yeah, he's, you know, you, you you expect for him to come out there and perform, and you know he had been out all this time, and and then you know he finds his way to uh, to get hurt. So so looking forward, what are we looking at in terms of who we're going to put out there cornerback? I was even more worried with Jonathan Joseph uh, going out. He went into the blue tent, was examined, but he did fortunately come back into the game, made a big play late in the game to uh, stop a drive by by. Nick Foles. Uh, but you, you saw, you know, you didn't see much of, you didn't see any of Sharice Wright because, you know, he was inactive because we knew that they obviously they knew that Kevin Kayvon Webster was going to be ready to go. Uh, but what'd you think about, you know, Deontay Burton? I mean, he just kind of came out of nowhere. Um, I saw a little bit of him. I, I wouldn't say I was necessarily impressed or if he did enough to move the needle, but uh, Aaron Colvin, you know, he had his faults. You know, we could talk about Zach Gertz, you know, at one point, I think he's over the record of how many 
catches, how many receptions in one season. Jason Witten had the record with 110. I, he's way over that now with all the catches he was able to get. But I think Aaron Colvin, just with him getting acclimated uh, to his role, I think he did good enough. Although he got lost on that touchdown with the moves that Zach Ertz was able to make, I, I really do think that Colvin's just getting himself in the groove, and we're going to need him. Uh, you, you might want to go on and put him out. He's a slot corner, but – with, with the deft issues that we're having, you might want to go on and put them on either side, the right or the left. Zach Ertz, uh, boy, I've been watching this team for a long time. I'm just waiting for maybe one year they're going to learn how to cover a tight end. It, it just never happens. Eric Ebron. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yeah, well, the list goes on and on. Oh, yeah. You just start. You want to start naming off the tight ends? Rob Gronkowski. Uh, I mean, I, some of these guys are good, but still, you know, at some point, Stop a tight end at some point in the Texas history, especially on these teams where you know that's the main guy. I mean, there, there's nobody else that's likely to beat you on a lot of these teams. And, I mean, if you look at the numbers in this game, uh, Darren Sproles, he was huge. Uh, he made some big plays, and we knew he was going to be a problem. The Texans don't handle running backs that can catch out of the backfield tremendously well. But, uh, you know, he had three catches, 76 yards. Um, also, you know, rushing the ball. Uh, just uh, nine carries, 32 yards. So not much there, but, you know, out of the backfield, he was dangerous. But Zach Ertz, 12 catches for 110 yards. And this team just, they, they don't know how to, to do that at all. They don't know how to cover tight ends. It's just, it's never ending. I'm tired of it. Maybe one of these days. Uh, a couple of things I, I did want to mention also, Brian, Justin Reed, despite recovering the fumble, He's your guy, it, it, not tackling all that well. It, well, it was pathetic. Terrible. It was pathetic. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, he was, he was, he was absolutely terrible. You know, but you know, he tried to do some plays to make up for it. But I would have to say that this is his worst game as a Texan. Period. Uh, didn't wrap up Sproles on the touchdown uh, at the five yard line. Didn't wrap up Alshon Jeffrey on the big play. It's like he bounces off of him. I'm like, I don't know what, what what the hell was that? <laughs> I think he was he was trying to knock him, get rid of the, like trying to get rid of him. But I mean, Jeffrey's a big guy. I don't think that was not going to happen. Part. And I mean, I just think a lot of the plays. I think the big run draw plays that was really I think Romeo Cornell's defense was really um, misaligned. They didn't really bring a lot of pressure, you know. And I think they should have. I mean, Clowney was the only one that really put any pressure on Nick Foles. I mean. He did have 471 yards. He did, you know, tear him apart. But I think some of it has to go on the guys getting after him. I mean, he really had all day to stand there and, you know, expose, you know, Justin Reed not tackling or, you know, some of the four plays that were in the secondary. Fellas, let me ask you this. Did, do you think that Clowney got away with a face mask penalty? It looked like to me he did. I, you know, the Eagles fans were up in an uproar. <laughs> yeah, what happened, he got away with the face pass penalty, but the thing was, you know, there was that play, but also at the end of the game, which was big in the drive, he gets the personal foul penalty, and the ref was saying, well, he hit him with the helmet. You know, I, I don't know what you do right there because I, I don't know if it's just easy to go hit him in the shoulder. Look, he, he, he didn't hit the guy in the head. He didn't fall on him after the play. I mean, he, he he did all the rules that everything that they're normally looking out for. I mean, hitting a guy with a helmet and and another guy's chest. I didn't know that that was now illegal. I don't know what you can do in some of these circumstances. 
So, yeah, he got away with one, but the, the game-winning drive, the one that counted, and three points is b- more important than two points uh, in a game like this. I mean, that's that's the one that was uh, that was the, the killer for the Texans. I mean, I don't know if they stop him anyway, but it, it still, I thought it was a bad call. It definitely helped. I think it would have changed play calling because then you had, you know, with that penalty, they got a free timeout. You know, if that play, you know, would have been a reception, obviously would have been, I think, a 20. It was a 30-something yard play when it really should have been like 20. You know, then if he was hurt, the Eagles would have had to use the timeout. Then maybe they don't kick a 35-yard field goal. Maybe you have to try Elliott from about 50, 60 yards where he has been that accurate. So I think in the long term, it did really, you know, obviously I'm not going to blame the referee for losing the game, but it definitely aided them because it gave them a free timeout and a free 15 yards. Yeah, also uh, just another note I want to bring up. I'm kind of going through stuff, and Brian, jump in with anything that you've got. But Julio and Davenport was terrible in this game. Uh, there was that fourth-quarter drive. He has a holding penalty on one play. That was the play Demarius goes down. Then the very next play, he misses a block, which uh, that's the what the block that uh, causes his defender to push Deshaun into the defender that you know Kendall Lamb had ran past Deshaun and that that led to the fumble and not a fan of the third down screen pass but Davenport had a play I can't remember if I think it was second quarter maybe but it was earlier in the game there were three guys he could have blocked on a screen pass on on a third third and long it was a third down screen Um, screens are fine just third and long I wasn't a fan of it especially at midfield because you know you want to run something where you got a real chance to throw it for the whole 10 yards for a first down but somehow missing three guys on a screen pass, if he just blocks one of the three guys, maybe DeAndre Carter can make a move or do something. But, you know, Davenport was bad. And 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 I'll also throw in, you know, you guys, if you want to, you can talk about the O-line. But Martinez Rankin, you know, early injury to Kelamete, which, you know, that was another big story of the game because Martinez Rankin, he had a couple of illegal procedure penalties but the guy cannot block against the pass. I don't care if he's playing tackle or he's playing guard. You know, maybe he picks it up eventually. I would much rather see him at guard. I feel like he's got a better shot at those guys. But late in the game, one of his guys just goes right by him untouched and, you know, just causing Deshaun to either, you know, get sacked or, you know, do something that you don't want Deshaun to do. And and and, and the offensive line, to me, those two guys on the left side were a killer in this game. It totally was. They have to look at the offensive line. I think they're in a similar position to some of these other teams with young quarterbacks, obviously, that are a little worse. I think, you know, you have to look at Arizona. They don't, their line's been hurt. You know, New York, the Giants have a young piece. Their blocking's not there. They're teams that have good young pieces. You know, obviously, the Texans are a better team, and Watson's a better quarterback than a lot of the other teams like that. But the line's the one common denominator is that the lines are terrible. They need to get someone. There's a good offensive line class coming. There's some decent free agents coming out, but they need to address the offensive line, either tackle or guard, certainly in the draft and also in free agency. I think they need to get, I think the blocking was terrible. I mean, in the fourth quarter is a third and one in the shotgun. And I think within two seconds, you know, they were in the backfield and he was going to get, he was getting sacked. Yeah, the other part about it is, Brian, we begged them. And I mean, I hate to just keep bringing this up, but it it matters. This is killing them game after game. We begged them to get a tight end in the offseason, a veteran guy that you could put out there that could block. And Jordan Thomas 
is flat out terrible. I don't know what the deal is, but he just he can't. He, it's not even the fact that he he's not a good blocker, at like holding his guy. It's a matter of he just doesn't even get this get his hands on guys. He's just whiffing left and right. And, and and it's it's killing you because when your offensive line is young and they're trying to come together and and they're trying to do these sort of things, you need help from somebody else. You need help from tight, tight ends have got to pick it up. Running backs have got to pick it up. And right now, without Lamar Miller, you got two running backs that aren't good at blocking. Uh, you know, for pass plays, and you have a, a whole set of tight ends that can't block on, on pass plays. It, it's really bad right now. They had their opportunities in the offseason. Uh, I mean, I believe uh, Antonio Gates was available. I mean, although he's aging, uh, he would have been able to help out on that front. Uh, Mercedes Lewis at one point uh, was available as as well. There would have been a lot of options, especially veteran options for the Texans to take advantage of, of a situation like this. And you put, but they that's how much trust they have with Ryan Griffin being able to hold it down and being able to be sort of a mentor uh, to these rookies. Now, will they get better with their blocking? Let's hope it happens. But right now, Jordan Thomas, he's a red zone target, and that is it. And he didn't even do that this game. But it was kind of on Deshaun Watson on that throw. It was an overthrow to him. So I'm not going to put it all on Jordan Thomas, but he has got to get better uh, at that situation. And just kind of doubling back to Davenport, Yes, he had a bad game, but he had a key block along with Jordan Akins. It was when he created the hole for Deshaun Watson uh, to make that touchdown. I believe Trey Sullivan was on the coverage on that play, and Deshaun Watson goes in and gets the the touchdown. So that was a key moment before the end of the uh, second half. I believe that was the third drive for the Houston Texans. So it, it proved to be productive, but again, does it wipe out all the bad Davenport has done uh, for the game? Not necessarily, but there are some good things that uh, Davenport did this game, and that is one of them. Yeah, I want to get to the game balls in just a second. Let's give out the game balls to offensive and defensive players. But uh, first of all, if, if you love the show, spread the word. Support us by sharing our show links on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Maybe write us a nice review on iTunes if you get the chance this holiday season. Wrap that up for Christmas and send it to us. We would love it. You can email us too at LockedOnTexansAtMail.com for questions or comments. Uh, we're hearing from some of you guys, but we'd love to hear more. We want to get you into the conversation. Again, it's LockedOnTexansAtMail.com. All right, guys, let's get to the game balls. And I want to get to those immediately because I want to talk about Jadavian Clowney. He was a monster. They had no answer for him. He was fantastic. Uh, the strip sack fumble recovery was just ridiculous. Uh, he was everywhere. He was making plays. Uh, guys, he's my defensive player of the game without question. I'm guessing he's yours too. And and Clowney, uh, we talked about this uh, during the week. I mean, we're wondering, well, does Clowney deserve to be in the Pro Bowl? Uh, he sort of uh, put the stamp on that one. It's going to be a tough decision for the Texans on what they decide to do when this season is over, whether it's in next week, whether it's in two weeks, whether it's in three weeks. They're going to have a tough decision to make whether to franchise him or to go on and give him his money. Um, there is a strong possibility if they franchise him, he is going to sit and you don't want that to happen because he's such a valuable cog to this offense. But the Texans are going to have a ton of money this offseason to spend, and they have plenty of money to spend it on Jadavia. But it, it, it's in terms of what Brian Gain has on his mind and what he plans to do with that money. Rob, you and I have talked about just going and franchise him. I know it's going to be it's going to be rough, but uh, 
it's, it's just business. It's just the way things uh, need to go. I don't know how you, what your feelings on this, Joe, but I think that's just the best way to go in terms of just having that fiscal business sense. Because he, we should have seen this from Connie all season. I mean, he barely has nine sacks right now. And again, great game. I'm not taking anything from that. But where was this all through the season? He's been there at times. It's not that bad. I mean, I, I would say, uh, you know, Joe, I mean, I think Clowney does a lot more than you realize because uh, he's causing offenses to, to change what they're doing sometimes. I think uh, you guys are both right. He did have – today was his best game, and Brian, you are right. He kind of does disappear, but this was a – you could say a getting paid day because he definitely dominated the game. He had a, a couple of offsides. He does have to work on that. But, you know, he there's a market for him. A lot of teams, you know, um, as a fan of the Giants, I like, you know, a pass rusher like him to come up and play for him. I think he's going to get that big contract that you're going to see in that maybe Khalil Mack range. I'm not saying he's as good as him or he's going to get that type of money. But with games like this, he was a, a game wrecker. And was everywhere. I think another guy who played well was Zach Cunningham. I think he had a solid game today. He was all over the field as well. But honestly, outside of them, and McKinney had a nice interception, I don't think a lot of the players, you know, honestly had a great game. But I would definitely say Clowney was uh, the top of the class. I could probably say he was maybe even the best defensive player on the field. There wasn't a whole lot of defense. Yeah, Brian, I'll I'll, t- I'll say this. Uh, if they do sign him to an extension, can we just make it part of the contract that Every time he's in the neutral zone or has an offsides penalty, we can take away a little bit of that money. I mean, is, that, is, there, is there anything that will keep him from lining up in the neutral zone? How difficult is it to figure that out after several years in the NFL now? Was it five years? He's five years in the NFL. He still had to figure that out. Right, right. And you better well believe that would be a motivator. You take away some money. You, you take away money from anybody. You know, that's a motivator for you to perform better. Yeah. And I, I totally agree with you there. Uh, but yeah, there were some times earlier in this season, you know, where he was, uh, he was doing that. You know, it was, you know, the, the key to losing the game against the Colts. He jumped. And, you know, it it wasn't all on Clowney because they were in that situation because of a lot of things that that led up to that. But again, with you being in the league five years, you don't let that happen. Well, if it happens once, it's one thing. You know, you mentioned that one particular situation. It's just that it happens all the time. I mean, it's become like a tradition. It's like, you know, putting lights on the tree every year, every week. We have this tradition uh, just like the days of Eddie Pleasant, of the days of yore with Eddie Pleasant, where we saw a special teams holding penalty every game. Now it's, oh, <laughs> when's Clowney going to get the neutral zone offside penalty or, you know, one of the, I mean, it's just, it's all the time. It, like at some point, just line, learn where that line of scrimmage is. Like, um, I thought that was something that maybe you learned when you were starting off in peewee football that, hey, you know, you don't line up across the line. <laughs> I don't know what the... What it's going to take. Uh, I'll go to the offensive side. Game balls in this one. I mean, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, just every single week, you know, I'll throw him out there. I think he's not going to be our game ball on offense. But, you know, just before I get to the guy who is the game ball, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, just ridiculous. Nine catches, 104 yards, and just big catches Big situations, whether it was on his feet, that sideline catch was just ridiculous. There's one that was almost over his head. There's catches where he's, you know, in traffic. He knows he's going to get hit over the middle. I mean, it's just, it doesn't matter what the catch is. 
he's going to make it. But I'm guessing you're not giving the offensive game ball to him, are you, Brian? No, I can't. I cannot. Deshaun Watson, what I saw out there, that was clutch. That That's a guy that revels in the moment whenever the game's on the line. That's a quarterback that we've needed since the inception of the franchise. I think we've got our guy. And, I mean, you know, obviously that's that's something that everybody is saying right now. But just the way he remained poised and patient uh, in the pocket, you know, making play. He didn't go out there and try to do something stupid. You know, he he did take some sacks, but they were smart sacks. You know, I guess if there is such a thing. But um, I I really do think that Deshaun, he's he's getting it. And um, I, I just did not expect to see such a game winning drive. It could have been a game winning drive out of him. You know, had the defense been able to hold it up on uh, the other end. It's just a tough assignment. The Eagles are no pushover. And again, from the beginning of the season, this was my game of uh, concern because especially with Nick Foles having rest on a nice roll, he comes in, they have something to play for. It it was going to be a tough game. And, and, and and that's what we saw out there. But with Deshaun just being able to come through uh, in the clutch, this game is not on him, certainly, but he definitely gets the game ball. He had two touchdowns on his own. <laughs> he had he is the leading rusher on offense. He had what forty nine yards, eight carries for forty nine yards. Nobody else came even close to that. Alfred Blue had four for fourteen. I mean, yeah, he he is just one great individual. I'm just so glad we have him on this team. Two rushing touchdowns, two passing touchdowns, twenty nine for forty, three hundred thirty nine yards, one hundred and fourteen passer rating. I mean, Joe, you got anything to add on to any of that? <laughs> I mean, I think honestly, you know, it's people are going to give you know Foles had more passing yards and touchdowns but honestly you could say that he went like toe-to-toe with him in philly you know i personally think he did you know i think Foles had more protection and didn't have as many weapons get hurt but i would say you know if people said like oh watson lost the game i would say he went toe-to-toe with the reigning super bowl mvp and proved he belonged he for sure deserved the game ball and i think if he had a little more help you know you know maybe if will fuller wasn't hurt they would have won that game, or maybe they get a sack or two here or there. They would have won, but I definitely think that you know Watson went toe to toe with a Super Bowl MVP. I think he can give them what they need in the postseason. So I think they could it show that they can win games on the road, or potentially win games on the road with a young quarterback. All right, well, you're you're dropping off a little bit, Joe. I I'm gonna say thanks for for coming on. Your your connection's getting worse, and uh, there's been some. If you're hearing some little clicks in the in the conversation in this one, uh, I, I think it might be on Joe's end. Uh, he's not in Houston, and I, I don't know if if that has anything to do with it. But uh, like uh, we said, everything that could go wrong in this game did, and so uh, part of it might have been the connection. But uh, Brian. Uh, a couple more things before we get going. You know, here's the deal. The Texans, let's get the W. Let's at least get the home field advantage in the playoffs in this last game. Uh, it, 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 this is a huge deal if they can get the home field advantage uh, to to uh, go into the playoffs with that. You missed the chance at the two seed, but the Texans are right there, and, and they've got to get healthy. And you wish they would have won this game because then you could have um, – maybe felt like you could sit a couple of guys and risk it a little bit. But now with the division on the line, 
No, you have to win this game if you want to win the division and you want to get home field advantage in the playoffs to start things off with. So uh, Lamar Miller, you need him back. You know, hopefully you can. Uh, hopefully the Kareem Jackson injury is not serious. Uh, Jonathan Joseph, you know, he he ended the game on the field, but how is he doing? I mean, there's so many guys that are so crucial to this team that you need to get healthy again. And, and it sure would be nice if uh, QT would get back. DeAndre Carter was okay, but the addition of QT, I think, would help the offense a little bit. Give him another weapon without Demarius Thomas because, uh, you know, he's done. That's it. I mean, it's 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 Vincent Smith time from here on out. I, I, I doubt they're going to pick anybody up off the street that they're going to be willing to to give any major playing time going forward this season. I'm okay with Vince Smith. Um, he's, he's a fast speedy receiver out of limestone, you know, making his name known with that touchdown catch that he had. Uh, so I'm, I'm okay with it. And Deandre Carter, uh, you know, like you said, he was okay, but he's so versatile. How, look how quickly they moved him, you know, on the outside, you know, whenever Demarius got that injury. So um, I, I do see DeAndre having a value with the Houston Texans, you know, being able to return punts and kicks. It's his versatility that's keeping him here. And a guy that was a substitute teacher before he came on to the Texans, when he got cut by the Patriots, look at what he's doing for the Texans right now, making a valuable contribution, which is what this guy wanted to make a name for himself, to prove the people out there that thought he didn't deserve to be in this league wrong. But let me get back to Bernard McKinney. I don't think we've talked enough about him. Great game by him today. Tackles all over the place, had the interception. He came alive today. And I think that Pro Bowl nod got something in him. He just had a different kind of spirit out there on the field. It was kind of a silent assassin through the season, and that's how he got his Pro Bowl nod, but he made his name known today. Dylan Cole. Dylan Cole was able to make a key stop that set up the drive uh, for, you know, to, you know to, to put the game up 30-29 to 29 with uh, Vincent Smith's catch. So it was third down. Dylan Cole made a key stop there. So Dylan Cole's coming alive as well. But, uh, you know, those guys, you know, we they're – this was a game that, you know, it could have gone either way. I was hoping for the win, and it was looking that way. My, I haven't had a game that I was so excited to watch in so long. Typically, you know, I'm falling asleep, you know, because the offense is, you know, just totally gone dormant. But I don't think there was a point in this game where the offense to a point where it wasn't boring. I mean, we were on the edge of our seat throughout the whole game. It was Almost like a shootout, and you people can make a you know definitely a case that it was. But this was a really exciting game to watch, even though this team lost. I'm, I'm inspired by their effort despite the challenges that they faced with the injuries. And we can't leave without giving a tip of the cap, of course, to Nick Foles, 35 of 49, 471 Jesus. yards. I mean, this is this is the best backup quarterback in the NFL. If he didn't prove it to you last year by winning the Super Bowl MVP, then maybe uh, in history. Yeah. He's, he's ridiculously good for the Eagles. And I don't know what you do with the Eagles because you would like to keep him around with Carson Wentz's injury issues the last couple of years. And you know, it's a, it's a concern if you're the Eagles and what do you do, but you can't a lot of times play two quarterbacks. And I believe he is a free agent at the end of this season. So they have, uh, to to maybe part with him because I I would guess there are teams that are saying you know you don't have to wait behind Carson Wentz we we want you as the starter uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Nick Foles down the line but uh, that's it for this one we're, we're going to go 
Um, but we will be doing shows this week. It's Christmas week, but we're going to have a special Christmas show. Look for that on Monday. Then uh, also we're going to do our crossover that we normally do. That's going to go up on Wednesday night. So look for the crossover. Brian and I will do a, another show on Thursday. So we're going to keep doing shows and bringing this daily coverage on the Texans going into the playoffs. This is the place to be. If you want to keep up with everything that's going on with the Texans, we have interviews. We've got experts coming in all the time. Uh, so we're trying to uh, mix it up for you as much as possible. We sure hope you enjoy all of the coverage. Don't forget, go to LockedOnTexans.com. Joe is doing wonderful work over there along with a number of writers that we've got on LockedOnTexans.com. You know about House of Houston with Brian. You know about Houston Sports Talk, my podcast. Uh, go check those out. Uh, but uh, it's a sad final in this one, um, 32 to 30. Not the way you wanted to go into Christmas. Not the way you wanted to go into the final week of the season. But the Texans are going to have to earn it on the field against the Jags next week. Uh, that's all we got for this one. As always, thanks for making us a part of your week. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah. <laughs>